Welcome to All Ears, Senior Living Success, where we talk with industry leaders to make sure you find success in your community. My name is Matt Reiners, and I'm the co-founder of Eversound, a company dedicated to improving quality of life for older adults by giving them the gift of hearing. Welcome everyone. Today I'm delighted to be talking to Whitney Lane, the Senior Vice President of Operations for the Watercrest Senior Living Group to discuss staffing. Thanks for joining us today, Whitney. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. Of course. We were just joking about coming up on our two-year anniversary of getting to know each other. And I know Watercrest is one of the leaders in uh, in senior living and your guys' growth has just been pretty amazing and i've just been uh, an outsider looking in and just really impressed by why or what you guys are doing day in and day out and you know i know when we're talking about staffing it's about getting the best and the brightest to come and i'm, I'm curious you know how has watercraft senior living really addressed retention and recruitment um since covid 19 has been a thing yeah so matt first off i wanted to say you know again happy anniversary and um and Thank you so much for your partnership with us. We have really enjoyed working with Eversound. Um, it's been a pleasure, so thank you for that. Um, in terms of recruitment and retention, it's been tough. It has yeah. been tough during the pandemic. Um, I would actually say that probably like in the heat of the pandemic, it wasn't even as bad as it is right now where we're kind of feeling like we're at the tail end you know we begin being able to open back up and have visitation and do tours and things like that but um you know now we're seeing less and less positive cases but we're finding it harder and harder to find um good associates uh people to to come to work and show up to work every day and be committed to to the cause so you know what we've tried to be really careful about doing at watercrest is not to not to change what kind of associate we're looking for within you know for our company um, just because of the pandemic. Certainly, there are things that we have changed, um, you know, in terms of uh, safety and and assistance with COVID, um, financial relief, and I'll talk about that in a second. But you know what we have, what we feel like is most important and at the core is that we don't. We don't change what we look for in an associate for our communities. And that is, you know, a person who has a servant heart. Um, our mission at Watercrest is to welcome, to care, and to serve. And so we look for servant leaders. Um, that's what we, we coach people about is being a servant leader. You know, I'm here to serve you. What can I do to serve you? My, it, my, the CEO, you know, my boss of the company, um, he will say at the tail end of a phone call, is there anything I can do to serve you better? And so we want to make sure that just because there's this staffing crisis going on, that we're not, um, sacrificing what's important. Um, to the company and to our residents, and that is hiring the right people um, and the people that have servant leader hearts, because that's what, you know, that's what we're all about. We're, we're all here to serve. But um, in terms of, I mean, there have been some, some little changes, and that, I guess you would call them big changes, um, that doesn't really have to do with the type of person that we look for or how we're changing recruiting. Um, but it's about what we have tried to ensure um, and reassure our associates with. 
And that is um, one, safety in their environment. So during this pandemic, you know, that's been key is that our associates feel safe to come to work every day, um, feel safe to be able to go back home and not, you know, spread this terrible illness to their, their family, their loved ones. And so safety has been a priority for us to make sure that not just the safety of our residents, but the safety of our associates. So we have um, always worked very hard to make sure that we had all the appropriate PPE on hand. Um, you know, in the beginning of the, of the pandemic, that was the struggle, was getting PPE. You know, you had to outsource from different countries and, and do all kinds of crazy searches to find PPE for your staff. But we always had it. We always had enough PPE for all of our staff so that they could feel comfortable coming to work each day and, and serving the residents. So, so safety was a huge priority for us, making sure that our associates felt safe. The second thing is, um, you know, having a, a feeling of some financial security if something were to happen due to COVID. So different companies did some different things. You know, you probably heard through the internet things about hero pay. And, you know, we looked at that and initially you hear hero pay and you think, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Our staff is heroes. But then as we took kind of a, a longer look at it, we thought, but our, our staff was heroes before the pandemic. And they're going to be heroes to us after the pandemic too. And so we don't want to give them something that's associated with being a hero that's then taken away later. And then it feels like we're saying you're no longer a hero. And, and that's not the case. So what we did was something a little different. Um, our, the two owners of our company, they set up a, um, it's called the Watercrest Family Care Fund. And they put their own money in this fund. And our associates just would complete an application if something had happened in their life that was related to COVID that caused them financial burden or stress. And they would send in that application and it would get reviewed and they could get approved for financial assistance. So those were the two main things that we really tried to focus on during the pandemic, um, you know, to, to help retain our associates, let them know that we care and, um, and continue to be able to recruit new people too. No, no, I love it. And uh, it's great to hear Whitney. And, you know, I think Watercrest is one of those places that actually practices what you preach. And it's great to hear it's coming from the top down, right? Because if they're not bought in and involved, then it's it's not going to, you know, filter through the rest of the organization. And, you know, you, you could touch on how like the expectations of potential candidates really thinking about that safety, right? Because I'm sure they're watching the news, they're seeing all of these terrible stories, because that's what the news likes to cover, even though, you know, I think we would agree that there's so many, many more amazing things that are happening in communities today. So, you know, you talk about the financial security and the safety and wellness, but are there any other expectations you're seeing from potential candidates as you're, you know, interviewing or might be new to senior living? Um, yeah, so, yeah. so it's, it's interesting how dynamics have shifted since, since the pandemic. Um, I, I couldn't tell you what was number two on their list prior to the pandemic. I think always number one is, is pay. Number two on their list now is safety. So um, I, you know, because everybody, not just our industry, not just our company, I mean, across the country, people are struggling with staffing. And so we're all interested in figuring out 
what are employees, you know, potential applicants looking for? And so I attended a, a recent webinar that was put on by a VP of mycnajobs.com. And it's very interesting. I was very glad I attended because I walked away with some helpful tidbits. But one of the things that, um, you know, she kind of put up on the screen was that the number one thing they're looking for is pay. But the number two thing is safety. And I thought that was extremely interesting. And I feel like we've got the safety piece covered. Um, but then she talked about how there's a new normal for applicants. So where somebody may have been working someplace that did have the hero pay or they were given, you know, some sort of bonuses because they worked during COVID um, they had more flexible time off these kinds of benefits that came about, you know, specifically because of the pandemic, they're looking at that as being their new normal and that's what they're looking for in a job. So, um, you know, the, the person doing the webinar had kind of talked about like really looking at um, your job posting because that's what they're looking at. It's what's attracting them to whether or not they're going to, um, to apply to your company. But kind of as I was saying earlier, Matt, that um, you know, at the end of the day, the kind of applicant we're looking to attract is the person who's attracted to our mission and the purpose of serving. So at the very top of our posting, it doesn't say what the pay is. Um, it doesn't say what benefits they're going to get. Benefits is located somewhere down on the bottom. Um, but at the very top, it says servant leadership. And, and that is the person who's scrolling through and looking to see where they want to apply for, we're wanting to catch the eye of the person that sees servant leadership and wants to come to work for us. I love it. No, and it's, it's great to get those people into the door too, because, you know, again, if it's starting from the top and that's who you're hiring for, and that's one of your you know, biggest indicators, if they'll be successful there or not, it's all, it's a part of the culture, right? It's a part of your DNA. And, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense, especially like on the front end. And then when we think about, you know, staffing, so there's like the back end too. So, you know, in your experience or even what you've seen over the last 18 months, you know, how has Watercraft handled staff burnout and, you know, potentially low morale? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. And, you know, we are really trying to make sure that our communities remain consistently focused on staff appreciation. Um, you know, it should be something that they have already built into their community plan of monthly staff appreciation, but you can get caught up in the whirlwind during this time of the pandemic. And we want to make sure that the whirlwind doesn't mean that we forget staff appreciation. Um, you know, staff want to know that that they're they're appreciated for what they're doing, that they um, feel valued, that they have value. And so we do lots of different things that, you know, I, I see on social media and our communities will send us pictures of you know, different things they're doing for their staff for appreciation. They're, you know, making their break room super cool with all kinds of different, you know, snacks and things like that. They're bringing in food trucks. They're having movie night. They're doing, um, they're painting. They're doing all kinds of different things just to like bond with them and, and just let them know that they care. Um, but the second thing that I just think is really, really important and that we can't forget is acknowledging their struggle and acknowledging that this is a, a hard and difficult time. And, and they are working extremely hard 
Um, we are extremely thankful. And this is, these are unprecedented times and we know it's a struggle and, and we get it. And we're here to support them. We're here to serve alongside them. We're here to help them. We're here to listen. Um, I just think that it's a huge mistake to, to give staff appreciation, but not to let them know what you're appreciating them for. You really need to um, acknowledge the, the daily struggle they're going through, having to, having to wear PPE all day, having to you know, worry about, am I going to go home and potentially give something to my five-year-old um, or to my mother that lives with me or to my grandmother? Um, you know, we have to acknowledge those struggles and, and just thank them. Thank them for what they're doing every day. Yeah, it's such a, a simple but powerful concept, right? Just like the thinking of appreciation, saying thank you, listening and empathizing with what they might be going through. Cause you know, we're we're all in the same storm, but we're all in different boats in that storm. And how do we really go after that as a cohesive no unit and let those people know on the front lines that hey, we're here for you, we're here to continue to enable you to be your very best um, and continue to support you there. And you know, I think it sounds like you guys are doing an awesome job at it, but I'm, I'm curious, how would you say to like, how can other providers empower staff for job or better job satisfaction um, and really help to drive home this idea of person-centered care, which it seems like you guys do a really good job at? Thank you. Um, you know, I would say that involving them, um, including them in things. So what I mean by that is, having everybody has kind of in this industry kind of has a morning stand up. And usually what you'll see is it's at the director level, the directors meet in the mornings, but where I see the most successful teams and the most successful communities is when they're involving their frontline associates in that stand up. And so involve them in the stand up, involve them in knowing what your occupancy is and what tours are coming today and, and what the goal is for today. Um, you know, sit with them and ask them about the resident care that's being provided, involve them in the care plan process, allow them to attend the care plan meetings. Sometimes it's just about, um, you know, sitting with them, listening to them, asking them questions so that they feel valued, so that they feel heard, so that they feel like they have a purpose. So at Watercrest, we talk about the four Ps. It's passion, platform, purpose, and potential. And you know, it's really important that people feel passionate about what they do and that we help fulfill that. It's really important that we give them a platform to, to jump off of and to be able to do what it is they do best. It's important that they feel like they have a purpose, which is why we do need to include them in things, um, because without that, they're just kind of coming in and going through the motions. And then potential is, you know, identifying what their strengths are and what we can do to to help hone in on those strengths. So, you know, I think about right now due to nursing shortages, you know, we have started use, utilizing med techs more. Well, that's a career path for your resident care specialists who are your you know, frontline caregivers. And they may not understand that path or what that looks like. They may think they have to you know, go to school for a year in order to become a med tech. They may not realize that that is you know, a six hour course that's provided by an RN that if they show interest in that they could do. So you know, 
involving them, giving them something to grow towards and, and helping them with those four Ps that I discussed a minute ago. And what that's gonna do is you're gonna have a associate who feels really valued and someone who feels valued is going to go above and beyond for you, for your residents, and that's gonna help with the care that's being provided. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the thing, the answer that I would give to that question. Um, you know, how do we empower them and how do we, you know, help them with pers person-centered care? Um, I think that that's, you know, that's what we would do. I feel like we need to give you a microphone to drop after that. That was great. Um, yeah, and it, <laughs> and it makes so much sense too, right? Like just involving the frontline workers and just like listening and, and taking, and they're in it day in and day out and they might see things that other people might see. And I, I really like your idea too, of, you know, involving them in, in the main key performance indicators, right? Like what is our occupancy, occupancy at today? What tours are coming in? Like if we can work together, and be, you know, this cohesive unit, I've said it before, like working towards a common purpose and a common goal and getting to know the residents, it sets everyone up for success. And everyone likes to be a part of a winning team because uh, no one likes to lose. Um, and Whitney, this has been great. And I've got one last question for you. Okay. You know, uh, what key takeaways would you advise like other senior living providers? And I think you've already hit on a, a many good ones, um, but what would you give to other providers to take away as it relates to staff, staffing challenges? Yeah, so, you know, I, I took some takeaways again from that, um, that call, the webinar that I was on with mycnajobs.com. But when I started really thinking about, because obviously it's top of mind right now, recruitment and retention. And when I started thinking about that and seeing the similarities and what we kind of need to be teaching our communities in terms of recruitment, and what we teach our um, teams in terms of sales and, and prospect development, they run so similar. It's such a similar course. And so what I would say is, you know, kind of think about it that way. Um, you want to be the first one to get to that applicant. You want to try multiple times and in multiple different ways to get in touch with them. Um, one of the things that I learned from that webinar was that you get a higher percentage of response on their um, from the applicant on the second time you reach out to them, which I had no idea. I would have thought it was the first. So that's really meaningful information for people to be armed with and know that, hey, I need to continue to reach out. Um, so, you know, reaching out frequently in different modes and mechanisms, but it, and, and then making sure that, you know, you don't delay and bringing this person in, getting them in for that interview getting that paperwork completed because whoever does it faster and, and many, many times is going to win that, that applicant. So, um, so, you know, being on it is really the name of the game, but the last thing I would say, and again, similar to sales is keeping, keeping that relationship going. So even if that applicant ends up going somewhere else, continue to stay in touch with them, continue to check in, see how they're doing. You know, when you establish that connection with them, if they ever sour on where it was they, they landed or ended up, they might come back to you. So, you know, it's all about relationship building and, and I would just say being quick on the draw is, is kind of the, the main things I think I would recommend to other providers who are struggling right now. 
Yeah. And I love the way how you compare it to kind of like the sales process as well, because it's really just selling watercrust, right. And getting yeah. people to, to come in. So I love the, the approach and what you guys are thinking of and, and hopefully no one in watercrest immediate areas will take any of this advice and we can just make sure that it's it's you guys but uh we well, whitney, yeah. well whitney it's been awesome chatting with you i appreciate you making the time here today um any final words no just thank you matt i appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk with with you today i hope to get to see you again soon um congratulations on the upcoming new family and, um, and thank you for everything that Eversound does. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, Whitney. And until next time. If you'd like to know when we post the next episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're interested in how Eversound can help improve the quality of life in your community, find out more at eversoundhq.com.